This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Auckland by Ritesh Kumar. Ritesh is the Head of Mathematics at Henderson High School. Kia ora, Ritesh. Uh, kia ora, Sam. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So I said Auckland because I knew that bit, but where in Auckland are you? Yeah, I'm in uh, West Auckland uh, in Henderson. Yeah, so I'm a proud Westie. Yeah. <laughs> Did you grow up there? Uh, no, actually, um, I was, uh, I mean, uh, I'm born and brought up in Fiji. Yeah, so um, I'm the fourth generation uh, uh, descendant of the Gerimitias, uh, who were brought uh, into Fiji to work under indentured Indian, uh, you know, labor system. Uh, so I'm the fourth generation. I moved to uh, Auckland uh, in 2003, and uh, I have lived in uh, uh, Henderson uh, since 2007. So it's been a while here. So, yeah. What led you to be, so you're head of maths, what led you to be a maths teacher? Oh, I'm passionate about uh, mathematics uh, teaching and learning. So um, when I was um, in Fiji, um, uh, I was born and brought up in a remote village uh, in Fiji. And, uh, you know, I've seen the struggles and the hardships and things like that. And, uh, um, you know, I prioritized myself and I said, hey, um, I can't do this uh, every day on the farm in this coaching, uh, you know, sunny day. So I said, hey, I better um, get into, uh, you know, uh, uh, education and I kept going. Uh, all the sacrifices that my parents made and my brothers as well, they left a school early to provide me with those opportunities. So I'm, uh, you know, uh, grateful for them. So I had the opportunity and uh, I managed to get the uh, government scholarship as well. And then I went off to uni and the rest is history. So, you know, I never left school. Yeah, so uh, I'm still at school. So every time, uh, you know, I wake up, I go to school. So that's the thing. And, uh, you know, I'm passionate about uh, mathematics, teaching and learning. So since uh, my childhood, uh, you know, I enjoyed uh, dealing with numbers and things like that. So that hooked me up. Yeah. So that's where I met. Yeah. (laughs) Was it a particularly good math teacher that you thought that's it? That's the inspiration? Yes, I would say so. Yes. Uh, In uh, primary schools, even. Yeah, I had a teacher uh, who inspired me. And uh, when I went to uh, secondary school, it started doing physics as well. Maths and physics go uh, together. Uh, I got inspired by my physics teacher as well. So that's why I did my degree in maths and physics as well. So I taught physics as well. Uh, but being head of maths, I just thought to switch to maths only. Uh, it's, it's manageable that way. So I'm just doing mathematics at this stage here. Did you train in New Zealand or in Fiji? Uh, I've done my degree in uh, Fiji, also my teacher training diploma there. But when I moved to uh, uh, New Zealand, I thought, hey, um, 
you know, I don't have, uh, you know, local qualifications. So I ended up um, doing my master's degree through uh, Auckland University. And uh, that has changed my, you know, uh, practice dearly, I will say. So, uh, um, yeah, so I, I did um, step up and took that challenge. And at the moment, you already know that, uh, you know, learning, you know, for me personally, learning is a lifelong journey. So I always uh, try and, uh, you know, take up uh, those challenges. So I did my master's and uh, I looked at the mathematics anxiety and metacognition in mathematics. So that was something that uh, I didn't look at when I was uh, at uni in Fiji. So that was something new for me. Yeah. And I loved it. Okay. You brought it up. So you're going to have to tell us what it is. What is mathematics anxiety and metacognition? Uh, metacognition deals with uh, how we perceive information. So that's uh, like looking at uh, how the brain works. So I, I did a little bit of uh, research on uh, memory. Uh, and uh, we look at working memory, uh, which has got a limited uh, capacity, unfortunately. So when teaching, we as teachers, we need to be mindful that, hey, we cannot give uh, multiple instructions to our students. We know that uh, mathematics requires, uh, you know, sequence of um, uh, a logical sequence of steps and things like that to answer the question. But if we bombard them with uh, multiple, uh, 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 you know, uh, information and processes, they will be lost uh, halfway through and might not be successful. So we as teachers need to be mindful that uh, working memory has a limited capacity. So we need to limit uh, our instructions while uh, we are trying to um, teach them. So that's what I learned out of it here. I think four instructions maximum. Otherwise, if you give them five, six, seven instructions, uh, you know, uh, then uh, what happens is uh, memory will try and drop few of the important bits there and uh, and then uh, they will get confused overall so that's what's happening uh, so i hope uh, that um, you know um uh, i will be able to uh, you know provide more information on this once i embark on a uh, phd uh, journey uh, which uh, currently i'm looking forward to yeah i think meth anxiety i missed that part but uh, meth anxiety like uh, every other anxiety i think we talk about uh, people being anxious the moment we are anxious uh, it has got a debilitating effect on our waking memory. We already know that it has got a, um, you know, a small capacity, limited capacity. But then uh, the moment people get anxious, anxious could be in any form, uh, not specific to meds. Why we call it mathematics anxiety? Because uh, there are certain attributes in mathematics that triggers uh, students, especially when they are talking about mathematics. They say, oh, I can't do this, uh, you know. Um, uh, I'm not getting this, where am I going to use these things like that? So I think uh, when maths, uh, I mean, when students get anxious in mathematics, it completely shuts them off. And then uh, that's where task avoidance starts. And then uh, it just derails them completely. Uh, yeah, so uh, so mathematics, uh, it's like uh, math phobia, uh, any sort of phobia you have. So uh, your dislike of a subject. But it's not entirely your fault. You might have uh, had, uh, you know, bad experiences uh, in the past in this subject. And uh, we um, teachers, I think we need to break the cycle of, uh, you know, negative cycle of uh, this uh, anxiety so that we can ameliorate uh, mathematics anxiety and uh, hopefully uh, get students out of this so that they are able to achieve to their full potential. Is the a big part of the solution about confidence, and and is that about small wins, achieving something to build that up? 
Yes, I think uh, what, what I'm trying to do in my classes, uh, you know, I normally give the task to them and ask them, hey, um, you know, I show them how I will uh, go about answering them. So I will at least guide them uh, through the process. And uh, we also have uh, like NCA as is uh, the form of assessment senior students write in New Zealand. And it's totally different to, uh, uh, you know, um, what um, uh, mathematics looks like uh, globally. Uh, it is contextualized, uh, heavily literacy based. So we as teachers need to uh, uh, take into consideration like literacy in maths. So if they don't know keywords uh, in mathematics, they will not be able to uh, form equations and solve and things like that. So our goal is to, uh, you know, build on uh, subject specific uh, vocabulary and uh, so that they are able to, um, you know, uh, uh, understand what it means before they are able to apply mathematical skills in solving problems. Yeah, so that's where we are at. And uh, one um, drawback to this is students, uh, you know, they know uh, if I say them uh, uh, mean, for example, or tables, uh, they use everyday meaning to that, like tables, furniture, but tables, I'm implying to mathematical tables and things like that. Mean, I'm referring to average, and they mean, uh, oh, someone's being mean to them, so things <laughs> like that. So policy, I think, is also a barrier to uh, them achieving to their uh, full potential. So we as teachers need to, uh, you know, highlight the, uh, you know, subject specifics uh, for maths. So we need to build on uh, our mathematical terminology, uh, you know, all those mathematical jargons. We as teachers, we assume that students know it, but hey, they have been... Uh, uh, you know, you've just mentioned that word. Uh, subconsciously, you know that they may know it, but they may not. So we have to uh, build on that and just be mindful of the fact that uh, they, they may interpret this uh, differently in science or in other subjects, history, geography, and things like that. So we have to, um, you know, build on uh, subject-specific vocabulary. So that's where I'm at. Uh, uh, let's take... My students and colleagues at Henderson High. Yeah. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Starship. Oh. Nothing going to stop us now. Why this one? Uh, of course, we are being hammered by global pandemic and things like that. So I'm always optimistic. So I'm hopeful. <laughs> and this also, uh, you know, uh, takes me down memory lane. Uh, 80s and 90s, 90s when I was at uni. Uh, so I just love it. We, we know that we all have dreams. And we also need someone special to realize those dreams. Uh, and with the can-do attitude and... Uh, you know, hope we can get through our difficult uh, circumstances. So that's why I chose that one. <laughs> Just fall apart. 
top of the show i normally ask people or i have been for the, all of the pandemic yeah. been asking people how their bubble life was and of course more recently i've had to change that to how you see traffic light yeah so how's your bubble traffic light been going um i would say it's uh, uh better than last year actually uh last year we were in uh, complete lockdown so uh, we couldn't go anywhere and things like that and we were you know uh, there was a huge transition from uh, uh you know face-to-face classroom teaching and learning uh, to virtual classroom where we have to do everything uh, remotely. But this year we've got a little bit of a freedom. So uh, under the uh, traffic light, we are able to uh, go back on site and uh, meet the students. And also we are able to teach uh, face-to-face uh, in the classroom. I think that's, uh, you know, that's that's a huge uh, uh, benefit for, uh, you know, just not just us, but students as well. So we get to uh, see them we can then uh, see whether they're anxious or stressed and things like that. So we just have to uh, work with them so that uh, they're not overly stressed and they're able to make the most of uh, the time uh, that we are able to. The only issue is uh, now we it's mandatory. We cannot go into the classroom uh, without masks. 
So I've got to my colleagues and even myself, you know, it's, it's hot, it's um, in you know, February, summer months. It gets really difficult. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, doors, wide open windows and things like that. You know, ministry talks about uh, uh, proper ventilation and things like that. But, uh, you know, wearing masks for eight hours, we can only remove masks when we are actively, the word is actively, we are actively eating, uh, you know, so that's the time we are only allowed to uh, remove uh, masks. But other than uh, we have to, uh, you know, uh, uh, put it on all the time. And uh, that uh, is actually uh, hitting us. Uh, yeah, but uh, we just have to uh, take a day at a time. Yeah, and that's how we are surviving around that at this stage. So last year you were in Auckland, was in lockdown for a long time. Yeah. How did the teaching online go? Um, I think, um, you know, uh, during the lockdown, I've been looking for online resources because that's what we needed uh, in mathematics. Uh, and uh, I needed it to be subject specific and NCA format. Unfortunately, uh, this has become a, a huge challenge for us because uh, as a leader, I needed to uh, provide resources for my staff as well. So I started uh, doing uh, online research. So I came across lots of videos, online videos. Uh, mathematics content is same across the globe. So that's, uh, uh, that's okay. But the problem with uh, NCA is it's uh, standard. Uh, you know, we've got each achievement standards and it's standard specific and it is uh, literacy based it's contextualized so uh, i was having a real hard time uh, finding those resources and uh, i came across uk videos khan academy great resources there uh, i mean uh, from us but it didn't meet the requirements for nca and as a leader i said okay what's plan b where am i going to get the resources because we need to put information online and uh, I had had, uh, you know, several uh, requests from my students as well. Uh, they wanted me to be there as well. So I had to step out of my comfort zone. And, uh, you know, um, I sat down one day and I said, hey, uh, this is what I will be doing anyway. So I started uh, uh, creating, um, you know, uh, online uh, video lessons and then created a YouTube channel, which is uh, Matt's Tutor NZ. I don't know where I came <laughs> up with that name, but I'm still sticking to that. Uh, and, uh, you know, within a week or two, I started getting, uh, you know, positive feedback from my colleagues, as well as my students. It kept me uh, motivated. So I said, okay, it's working. They're getting it. And I've got my two sons at home. So normally I ask them, hey, did you get it? Is it meaningful? <laughs> because I cut it short to the point and things like that and um, before i knew it i started getting emails from several students from other schools uh, with positive comments that this uh, video was really helpful and i said oh this is uh, really neat at least uh, you know uh, i tried to get out of my comfort zone and it's working for myself my colleagues and also students around the uh, i mean around new zealand and also have uh, had some um, uh, feedback from uh, HODs from other schools. So I was really uh, happy to hear that uh, feedback. Uh, I think I have got about 40,000 plus views on my channel now. So so that's working great. And it turned out uh, really um, good for us, yeah. And did you, you went back to, there was some classroom teaching right at the end of the year, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. So we were allowed to go back and teach the seniors to prepare them for the, um, you know, um, upcoming uh, NCA assessments that uh, were due at that time. 
Um, now we had several challenges during that time because of course we had a complete lockdown and uh, uh, cases were still um, in the community and we were asked to go back. Of course, uh, we were all anxious, even myself, we were anxious to go back into the classroom teaching. But uh, whereas the days turned into weeks, weeks into months, we just, uh, you know, got on with it. Uh, you know, it just became like, uh, oh, this is the new normal. We just have to live with it. And uh, I think uh, this year when we went back, it just felt like, oh, we were here. So, you know, I mean, uh, uh, that was um, a huge change for us, but um, uh, some of my staff were still anxious, but um, uh, we had resources there. By that time, I had created several videos uh, that we were able to use uh, with students who were not able to uh, come back on site. Um, I think we had 60% attendance uh, on a good day. Uh, otherwise, it was like 50, 55 percent attendance rate. So half the students were not there. So we needed to still uh, have some uh, uh, resources online so that they were not falling uh, further behind. And we managed to do that with my videos, which was uh, really helpful. Yeah. And I'm glad that it worked uh, that way. Students were appreciative of that as well. Yeah. Those students hadn't been with their friends for months and months. Did you did you give them some time to just be with their friends before you came in with yeah. the content? Yeah, so I think uh, we had, um, you know, two things in our mind. So we knew that uh, we needed to get the content out there. We need to get them ready. But at the same time, we were thinking about mental uh, health and well-being of our students, not just the students, but the staff as well. Um, so, um, so you know, I was trying to uh, communicate with my staff as well. And then uh, when we met the students, uh, we greeted them and then we asked them uh, where they are at. Uh, majority of them said that uh, they completely lost it during, uh, you know, online learning because lots uh, were happening. It's not just the myths that they were learning. It was all the other subjects as well. So it accumulated to a point where I had to... Uh, you know, uh, re-look at the program that was originally offered at the beginning of the year. So we restructured it. We tried to reduce some of the achievement standards uh, uh, to just reduce their workload. And then we focused on uh, the external achievement standards as well, because we needed to get that done for uh, UEG, uh, which was the unexpected event grade year. Yeah, so we just tried to work uh, with our kids, whoever were there, and we said, hey, you don't have to do 120 credits all up, you know, in E11, because that's too much. That's over assessment. So we reduce it down. I think I reduced, I, I knocked off two um, achievement standards and uh, they were really happy. And this uh, uh, happened across the other subjects as well, just to reduce their workload so that they are not overly stressed. Yeah. So that's how we managed uh, the situation there. Uh, and we also allowed them to, you know, be with their peers uh, during uh, break time. And um, yeah, so just, uh, you know, go ahead with normal day, but it wasn't normal. We knew it. Yeah, so <laughs> they, were anxious, they were anxious as well, yeah. So we we, yeah. So, uh, so now... this year, I think that, yeah, this, this year, attendance uh, rates gone up. I think uh, students, those who came uh, back last year, they knew that uh, we have got our, um, you know, um, we're strictly following the health uh, guidelines uh, from uh, Ministry of Health. So we've got uh, that uh, health order in place, hand sanitization and things like that, uh, classroom, you know, uh, 
well ventilated and then uh, spacings you know the uh, meter between the desks so that uh, they are not forming groups and things like that so uh, i think uh, slowly they saw those things they're getting confident but still 25 percent are not here so uh, we had a meeting uh, last uh, week uh, the dps are now looking at blended uh, you know teaching where we have to uh, put information online as well and then uh, for those uh, 25 to 30 percent of students who are not at school still and also teach those students uh, who are at school so uh, so i mean uh, we know that teachers are overworked and underpaid <laughs> but uh, i mean we always uh, try and uh, you know uh, stand up for our kids because uh, basically we are blessed to be uh, uh, you know in this profession so we always take it seriously and uh, we try our best to help the students at the end of the day uh, whatever we do now will uh, uh, you know uh, translate into uh, the success of uh, our students what they will be able to achieve in the future yeah so that's uh, where we are at uh, much with, better this year than last year i will say yeah with the restrictions you've got in the classroom now can you still can you still pull off an engaging classroom because it must be difficult to normally you would do things like let's have a group discussion about this or you know be uh, flexible and yeah. responsive is it getting in the way of that kind yeah. of thing uh, unfortunately, we are unable to form groups because we still have to, because it's indoors. I think outside, I mean, we can't teach mates outside. I mean, we can if we want to under the tree, uh, you know, but um, in indoors, we normally teach indoors uh, mates. But if it's PE, phys ed and things like that, I think they will be able to. They still play games outside because it's open space. Uh, so they're allowed to play games and things like that. But uh, inside the classroom, unfortunately, we are required to maintain one meter distance between the kids. So uh, we are uh, we don't have the luxury of uh, them forming, uh, uh, you know, groups and discussion. So uh, so with my year 13 states class, uh, I said, OK, we will create a Google classroom where students can collaborate. So they're still working in uh, groups of five. Uh, so they've got a template to work through and then they will contribute their ideas and it becomes a collective effort there. So we're just trying to use technology to fill in those gaps where they could be, you know, talking face to face. So that's uh, how I'm managing to get, uh, you know, uh, around that uh, issue of uh, not being able to group students here. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, I hope you're all having a best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. I really hope wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more each day. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique and here, making things better. Thank you. Now, of course, as we know, we are living a shared experience. We are co-evolving with all life in an infinite web. And we are also navigating a collective and individual reality at all times. And it's so important when we are facing times of uncertainty and change that we allow the light and passion to move through us, to enable us to see that everybody is doing their best all life, and in fact, so are we. I feel very grateful, of course, to be part of the show and have these five minutes with you all. It helps me enormously. 
And I think if we can find ways to recalibrate and restructure our thoughts each day to focus on our passions, our dreams, our hopes, our goals, whilst of course understanding that at times the most we can do is get through the day being gracious to one degree or another. And whilst I have been enjoying many new experiences, paddle boarding, being part of a TV show, sharing my love of my heart's home, Aurapanui, with the wider world, I'm also finding myself at a point where I'm needing to really focus on my self-care and putting appropriate limitations and boundaries in place so that I can do this in the best way. These are not skills that I have grown particularly so far, but I'm looking forward to growing them now. And I really hope for you, whatever's happening around you, you can see opportunities for self-care and learning also. It's so important if we can to forgive ourselves and one another for where we're at, what we're able to perceive, what we're able to do, be, see, feel in the moment and over an extended period of time. This is part of who we are, that we're adaptable, we're constantly growing and changing and learning and many experiences that we may have had in the past can inform our experience now but also do not dictate the experience that we have now we are not defined by our past or our future but of course our present is the most precious we can look back into our past and retell the stories that have been inspired by it we can look to our future and create the one that we so ardently want at the time and this can shift and change creatively as we do and of course the present gives us the richest and most satisfying these moments of connection whether in person socially distanced and appropriately taking precautions or speaking from afar as my mother and I do every day while she's over in St Ives in the UK and I'm here in Old Port Eastern Eden, we can still connect, we can still enjoy time together, even if we're not saying all that much, or if we're sharing our most recent insights. We're so lucky for these moments of connection. So I really hope that for you, you're having the opportunity to really tune in and connect in a way that's nurturing and nourishing for you. And I look forward to talking. Thanks so much. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Ritesh Kumar. Ritesh, you still have family in Fiji. How are they getting on? Uh, yeah, I've got uh, my uh, immediate family members still in Fiji. Even my um, wife's uh, family members are still there. Uh, they are getting on well, actually. Um, uh, they are living in the remote uh, village in Fiji. So it's uh, away from the uh, central hub uh, capital city, uh, Stuva, as well as uh, the... Uh, uh, you know, uh, sugar city, we call it, which is Lotuka. That's where I was born and brought up. Uh, so, yeah, so so they are uh, several miles away. So what uh, they are doing is, uh, you know, my brother will go and do all the shopping. My mom and my, you know, uh, in-laws will stay home. So uh, they don't want to go and, uh, you know, expose themselves. So it's just like one person from the family member will go and do all the shoppings and things like that. Uh, they are, of course, um, anxious as well. Uh, so they, they, they're just trying uh, to, uh, you know, uh, not catch it. So that's the, that's the whole thing, yeah, yeah. And uh, so so that's the, how they're managing it, actually. So uh, normally my brother goes and does the soft shopping and then, uh, 
he comes back and uh, you know fills them in. We have seen lots of changes in society over the the last couple of years. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Uh, I think uh, we have, uh, like, uh, global pandemic has, uh, you know, uh, taught us a couple of lessons, actually. And I think uh, one of the top one is uh, it has, uh, you know, we have developed resilience, right? So we are now uh, looking at um, things like uh, no matter what you do i mean this is what i normally uh, look at and whenever i'm having a chat with my colleagues as well i always say to them no matter what you do uh, do with all your heart right so uh, so so that's that's the thing that keeps me going and uh, you know uh, my parent um, my, my actually my father used to say this to me uh, all the time uh, he said they're like it is your life uh, you have you ha- you have the final say and uh, he always uh, said that there's no substitute for hard work. Uh, education's the key to uh, success and sky's the limit. And I know that uh, life is full of uh, endless uh, possibilities. And we know that uh, we've been, uh, you know, uh, despite this uh, adversity that we are in uh, with these uh, lockdowns, going back to work in these circumstances and things like that, uh, you just need to know that you are in the driver's seat so this is how I always look at it, uh, you know, just uh, being optimistic rather than pessimistic. So you are in the driver's seat and uh, it just uh, depends on how you maneuver your way uh, with what life throws at you, I think uh, matters the most here. The theme of this show is positive but not deluded. So how do you maintain that positive mindset when things are, on the face of it, quite difficult? Um, I mean, uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to lie and say, oh, it's always easy. You know, sometimes you wake up, you say, hey, uh, okay, where to? Things like that. You start uh, recollecting, uh, you know, how you're going to go about managing your day. But, uh, you know, um, um, what what motivates me is my passion for uh, mathematics teaching. So that's the first thing there but the next thing is i always take baby steps i always say to people even my uh, children as well you know i said it i i i always plan ahead but i always take baby steps i take a day at a time because uh, uh, there's no point uh, planning uh, what you're gonna do in december when uh, you get to that point and know that uh, your plan didn't pan out the way you wanted to so you should always have plan B, but try and take baby steps. Uh, you know, be optimistic. You uh, you know, I normally say I look at the class half full rather than half empty, and that keeps me going. Uh, uh, I always, uh, you know, say that, uh, hey, um, we've got these issues and things like that. We know that if you do not have a control on things, uh, that are, uh, I mean, we already know that uh, things are beyond our control. Uh, and if that's the case, why worry? Because you are unable to change the circumstances that you are in. But the only thing you can do is by being in the driving seat, how you maneuver your way around that issue matters. Yeah, so that, that's how I get over the obstacles in life. And I think we all should, uh, you know, uh, do that as well. And we should not undermine our abilities as well. 
Uh, that's where you should not underestimate yourself as well. Uh, just like, you know, I never thought I will be creating uh, online videos, right? Uh, so I chose that pathway because I wanted to help my kids, but then it just turned out to be a, um, you know, or, you know, great thing to be uh, doing there because it's uh, uh, helping not just the students, but new teachers in the profession and the likes, yeah. One of the things we keep coming back to on the show is that notion of the, the VUCA world, the, I've forgotten, volatile, uncertain, complex, complicated, yeah. I think, and ambiguous, and how ill-prepared our thinking is for that, because all of the tools that we've got yeah. were, particularly the sort of the management sorts of tools, but also the sort of personal management tools, were developed in a much more stable time which which we don't have now and we see that played out with people insisting on a timeline for the removal of whatever it might be mandates or, or, or something when that's just not possible because the science we don't know that yeah. is there a role for in maths for maths teaching maths education in helping people navigate that more uncertain world um, I think one of the biggest challenges we found when we were just all of a sudden, many, uh, you know, uh, government announced that, okay, uh, tomorrow complete lockdown, right? 11.59 and things like that. So so one of the challenges we found uh, during this phase, there was a paradigm shift in our teaching practice, of course. We all know now from, you know, face-to-face -face classroom uh, learning to virtual. But then I had, um, you know, now, quite a lot of my colleagues who were not well, you know, equipped with uh, technology uh, use in classroom. So uh, uh, that was a huge hit for them uh, during this transition period. Uh, so um, rather than, um, uh, you know, them completely shutting down, hey, I can't do this. What I did was I just uh, rang them up and then I guided them through this. I said, hey, we have got the... Uh, technology available, you need to arrange Google Meets and things like that. Uh, how are you going to channel that? They were anxious as well. Uh, we're talking about math anxiety, students are anxious. This created teaching uh, anxiety as well because they were so confident uh, in our traditional form of teaching inside the classroom, nothing's recorded and things like that. So that uh, created an element of um, you know teacher anxiety as well as we transition from uh, face to face to uh, remote learning. But uh, then uh, I spoke to them, I said, you don't have to be live, uh, do live sessions all the time. Uh, so, uh, you know, baby steps, like I mentioned earlier. <laughs> so I just tried to convince them that uh, you can set some work online, worksheets and things like that. And then you can maybe meet once a week with the class, uh, get to know them, how things are going from their end. And then, uh, you know, uh, uh, and then uh, that way you will also build your confidence level up uh, having that uh, online session and by uh, I think uh, by week two uh, they started emailing me and saying hey this is now working for us and I was glad to hear them but but it has been a huge uh, change in their practice as well it took a while but uh, we are heading that way uh, when we will be doing blended uh, learning I think it's gonna happen because uh, of the you know, rise in cases at this stage in uh, Auckland. Uh, we will need to uh, collapse some classes as well. Uh, we have got teachers who are isolating as well at this stage. We have got students isolating. So I think when uh, 
uh, whole departments are to isolate, we have to have plan B. So that's what we are trying to work on. And I think the approach we're going to use there will be blended, uh, you know, uh, teaching and learning, where we will have uh, resources available online as well. And if teachers can uh, do, um, um, you know, work from home, uh, fill in those gaps, I think we will be able to meet the needs of all learners. But it's going to be a challenge, so I'm not sure entirely how it will pan out, but there is a plan in place here. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have UB40. The reasons why I love you. Why this one? Uh, of course, uh, this, again, has good vibes. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we were brought uh, up in a village where we were all surrounded by Bollywood music, which is, uh, you know, uh, 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 in India. But then when I moved to um, Super City doing my uh, degree, I was exposed to Western music and also reggae. And, uh, you know, this gives me good vibes. It brings back many memories and uh, you know, uh, in the uh, uh, mid-90s and things like that. And I would say that uh, life was simple and fun back then. And I also, uh, you know, missed those uh, years uh, back home in Fiji. So I think uh, this is something that I still love it. So I thought to uh, put it there, yeah.
Ritesh, I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Uh, I think uh, a global pandemic taught me a lesson where I tried to step out of my comfort zone. And I did mention about the YouTube videos. Uh, last year, end of last year, I, uh, you know, my passion in mathematics and, uh, you know, these uh, innovative resources that I've created uh, was uh, recognized by the uh, University of Auckland uh, Mathematics Department. Uh, where I was uh, awarded a teaching prize, excellence uh, teaching prize. Uh, it was uh, Margaret and John Kelman uh, teaching prize for excellence in mathematics teaching. So yeah, so I think um, um, I'm I'm really pleased to uh, uh, you know I, I'm honoured to um, uh, receive that uh, prize actually, and uh, I think uh, the success uh, is uh, attributed to uh, all the hard work and sacrifices that my parents have uh, uh, done for me. So I think, uh, uh, yeah, whatever success I have now is, uh, you know, the, uh, I always credit it to them. Yeah. Congratulations. That sounds so cool. So we are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? Um, of course, I did mention about, um, you know, Instead of superpower, I will say superhero. So my dad is my hero. Uh, I know uh, he has uh, influenced uh, me. Like uh, he has uh, had a uh, strong influence on who I am today, actually. So he shaped my future. Uh, uh, so I would suggest that um, uh, his presence was uh, really important for us. And he worked very hard under atrocious uh, conditions on the farm and uh, provided us with uh, all the um, opportunities and I think um, I would say superhero and superpower. So he is my superpower. And whenever I feel down, I look up to him. And I would say to myself, hey, uh, if this was, uh, if he was here, how he will deal with it? And that keeps me going, yeah. That's so cool. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Uh, I would say not an activist. Uh, maybe an education advocate <laughs> yeah not an activist yeah i don't uh yeah i'm i'm trying to get away from politics and things like that but yeah and i think you might have already told us this but i'm gonna ask it anyway what motivates you what gets you out of bed in the morning um i mean uh, i know that um every day has got its own potential, right? So possibilities are there, possibilities are endless. Uh, so we just need to take a day at a time. So my philosophy is never stop learning because life never stops us from teaching. So that's where I will leave it. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So what challenge or opportunity are you looking forward to in the next year or so? Uh, my yeah, so my biggest challenge is to, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I've already uh, um, am embarking on a long, arduous uh, uh, doctoral study, uh, which you're fully aware of. Uh, so I think uh, the challenges will be just to uh, getting my heads around, uh, you know, um, what I'm trying to um, get out of this uh, uh, doctoral degree. Uh, so the focus will be around uh, uh, mathematics, anxiety and metacognition. But we already know that these are 
you know, having a huge impact on uh, not just uh, students' uh, learning, but I think teachers need to be fully aware of uh, the difficulties or barriers our students are facing. So I think it will be a challenge for me to, um, you know, complete my <laughs> research. Um, but, but I know that I've got awesome supervisors that they will guide me through this. So, yeah. And I'm up for the challenge. So yeah, I think those supervisors... Okay, I'm one of them. Uh, in for some learning as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it will be a ride. I know it might not be, uh, you know, a smooth ride. So I'm up for challenges. Like I've mentioned, that for me uh, uh, personally, learning is a lifelong journey. So that's what my father has. You know, that's that's our upbringing. So he has taught us, us that. And uh, and 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 you know, I I may find few uh, uh, new uh, ideas once I've completed this. So I'm just looking forward to that. Yeah. I've just written down a brilliant piece of advice. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. But do you have, lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Uh, Of course, yes. I think um, I will say, uh, like, I've got a personal goal as well. So you should always have a dream. Uh, You know, uh, do not get uh, upset when things don't pan out the way you intended because uh, life is not always fair and it's not going to, be the way you want uh, uh, it will be there but what matters most is the way you maneuver your way around those obstacles those hardships that matters the most and that can dictate you where you can lead to uh, in a few days or few months time yeah and and that can have a strong if, uh, impact on your future goals and pathways yeah Thank you for that. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, it has been a pleasure, Sam. So, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the evening. Uh, catch you later.
listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world, brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Captain Sensible. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I've been joined from Henderson in Auckland by Ritesh Kumar. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. Talk about the girl Saying to the boy You and me Are lucky to be us Happy talk, keep talking Happy talk Talk about things you'd like to do You've got to have a dream If you don't have a dream dream come true and if you don't talk happy and you never have a dream then you'll never have a dream come This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.